0: section thirteen of old-fashioned fairy tales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. old-fashioned fairy tales by juliana ewing the fiddler in the fairy ring generations ago there once lived a farmer's son who had no great harm in him and no great good either he always meant well but he had a poor spirit and was too fond of idle company one day his father sent him to market with some sheep for sale And when business was over for the day, the rest of the country folk made ready to go home, and more than one of them offered the lad a lift in his cart. Thank you kindly all the same, said he, but I am going back across the downs with Limping Tim. Then out spoke a steady old farmer, and bade the lad go home with the rest and by the main road. For Limping Tim was an idle, graceless kind of fellow who fiddled for his livelihood, but what else he did to earn the money he squandered no one knew and as to the sheep-path over the downs it stands to reason that the highway is better travelling after sunset for the other is no such very short cut and has a big fairy ring so near it that a butter-woman might brush it with the edge of her market cloak as she turned the brow of the hill but the farmer's son would go his own way and that was with limping tim and across the downs so they started and the fiddler had his fiddle in hand and a bundle of marketings under his arm and he sang snatches of strange songs the like of which the lad had never heard before and the moon drew out their shadows over the short grass till they were as long as the great stones of stonehenge at last they turned the hill and the fairy ring looked dark under the moon and the farmer's son blessed himself that they were passing it quietly when ling Bing ting suddenly pulled his cloak from his back and handing it to his companion cried hold this for a moment will you i'm wanted they're calling for me i hear nothing said the farmer's son but before he had got the words out of his mouth, the fiddler had completely disappeared. He shouted aloud, but in vain, and had begun to think of proceeding on his way, when the fiddler's voice cried, Catch! And there came, flying at him from the direction of the fairy ring, the bundle of marketings which the fiddler had been carrying. It's in my way! he then heard the fiddler cry. Ah, this is dancing! Come in, my lad, come in! But the farmer's son was not totally without prudence, and he took good care to keep at a safe distance from the fairy ring come back tim come back he shouted and receiving no answer he adjured his friend to break the bonds that withheld him and return to the right way as wisely as one man can counsel another after talking for some time to no purpose he again heard his friend's voice crying take care of it for me this money dances out of my pocket and therewith the fiddler's purse was hurled to his feet where it fell with a heavy chinking of gold within he picked it up and renewed his warnings and entreaties but in vain and after waiting a long time he made the best of his way home hoping that the fiddler would follow and come to reclaim his property the fiddler never came and when at last there was a fuss about his disappearance the farmer's son who had but a poor spirit began to be afraid to tell the truth of the matter who knows but they may accuse me of theft said he so he hid the cloak and the bundle and the money-bag in the garden but when three months passed and still the fiddler did not return it was whispered that the farmer's son had been his last companion and the place was searched and they found the cloak and the bundle and the money-bag and the lad was taken to prison now when it was too late he plucked up a spirit and told the truth but no one believed him and it was said that he had murdered the fiddler for the sake of his money and goods and he was taken before the judge found guilty and sentenced to death Fortunately, his old mother was a wise woman, and when she heard that he was condemned, she said, "'Only follow my directions, and we may save you yet, for I guess how it is.' So she went to the judge, and begged for her son three favours before his death. "'I will grant them,' said the judge, "'if you do not ask for his life.' "'The first, said the old woman, "'is that he may choose the place where the gallows shall be erected, and second, that he may fix the hour of his execution, and the third favour is that you will not fail to be present.' "'I grant all three,' said the judge.' but when he learned that the criminal had chosen a certain hill on the downs for the place of execution and an hour before midnight for the time he sent to beg the sheriff to bear him company on this appointed occasion the sheriff placed himself at the judge's disposal but he commanded the attendance of the gaoler as some sort of protection and the gaoler, for his part implored his reverence the chaplain to be of the party as the hill was not in good spiritual repute so when the time came the four started together and the hangman and the farmer's son went before them to the foot of the gallows just as the rope was being prepared the father's son called to the judge and said if your honour would walk twenty paces down the hill to where you will see a bit of paper you will learn the fate of the fiddler that is no doubt a copy of the poor man's last confession thought the judge murder will out mr sheriff said he and in the interests of truth and justice he hastened to pick up the paper but the farmer's son had dropped it as he came along by his mother's direction in such a place that the judge could not pick it up without putting his foot on the edge of the fairy ring no sooner had he done so than he perceived an innumerable company of little people dressed in green cloaks and hoods who were dancing round in a circle as wide as the ring itself they were all about two feet high and had aged faces brown and withered like the knots on gnarled trees and hedge-bottoms and they squinted horribly but in spite of their seeming age they flew round and round like children mr sheriff mr sheriff cried the judge come and see the dancing and hear the music too which is so lively that it makes the sole of my feet tickle there is no music my lord judge said the sheriff running down the hill it is the wind whistling over the grass that your lordship hears but when the sheriff had put his foot by the judge's foot he saw and heard the same and he cried quick gaoler, and come down i should like you to be witness to this matter and you may take my arm gaoler, for the music makes me feel unsteady there is no music sir said the gaoler. but you worship doubtless hears the creaking of the gallows but no sooner had the gaoler's feet touched the fairy ring than he saw and heard like the rest and he called lustily to the chaplain to come and stop the unhallowed measure It is a delusion of the evil one, said the parser. There is not a sound in the air but the distant croaking of some frogs. But when he too touched the ring, he perceived his mistake. At this moment the moon shone out, and in the middle of the ring they saw limping Tim the fiddler, playing till great drops stood out on his forehead and dancing as madly as he played. Ah, you rascal, cried the judge, is this where you've been all the time, and a better man than you, as good as hanged for you? But you shall come home now saying which he ran in and seized the fiddler by the arm but limpington resisted so stoutly that the sheriff had to go to the judge's assistance and even then the fairies so pinched and hindered them that the sheriff was obliged to call upon the gaoler to put his arms about his waist who persuaded the chaplain to add his strength to the string but as ill luck would have it just as they were getting off one of the fairies picked up limpington's fiddle which had fallen in the scuffle and began to play and as he began to play every one began to dance the fiddler and the judge and the sheriff and the galer and even the chaplain hangman hangman screamed the judge as he lifted first one leg and then the other to the tune come down and catch hold of his reverence the chaplain the prisoner is pardoned and he can lay hold too the hangman knew the judge's voice and ran towards it but as they were now quite within the ring, he could see nothing, either of him or his companions. The farmer's son followed, and, warning the hangman not to touch the ring, he directed him to stretch his hands forwards in hopes of catching hold of someone. In a few minutes the wind blew the chaplain's cassock against the hangman's fingers, and he caught the parson round the waist. The farmer's son then seized him in like fashion, and each holding firmly by the other, the fiddler, the judge, the sheriff, the galer, the parson, the hangman, and the farmer's son all got safely out of the charmed circle oh you scoundrel cried the judge to the fiddler i have a very good mind to hang you up on the gallows without further ado but the fiddler only looked like one possessed and upbraided the farmer's son for not having the patience to wait three minutes for him three minutes cried he why you've been here three months and a day this the fiddler would not believe and as he seemed in every way beside himself they led him home still upbraiding his companion and crying continually for his fiddle his neighbours watched him closely but one day he escaped from their care and wandered away over the hills to seek his fiddle and came back no more his dead body was found upon the downs face downwards with the fiddle in his arms some said he had really found the fiddle where he had left it and had been lost in a mist and died of exposure but others held that he had perished differently and laid his death at the door of the fairy dancers as to the farmer's son it is said that thenceforward he went home from market by the high road and spoke the truth straight out and was more careful of his company end of chapter 13 the fiddler in the fairy ring